0: Thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining listeners around the world to Israel, exploring the ties that bind us through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Podash in California, and I'm joined with my co-host and friend, Liz Felstern in Jerusalem. Liz, how are you?
1: Hi, Alan. I am doing just fine. How are you?
0: I'm good. I just have to share with you that I'm completely challenged by the state of affairs of our of the current uh, government of israel and i'm hoping that you can help me um, balance myself today or stabilize my view of what's going on so can we start off with a just a quick um, update from your view how how are things going with this new government it's less than a month old but it's creating quite a stir in the international sphere what are you seeing in israel and any uh, quick comments?
1: I am. Um, so, creating a stir, I guess, is fair to say. And, but the truth is, to the point that you made just prior to that, it's only been a couple of weeks, right? This government hasn't really had enough time, realistically, to do very much of anything. I am. Um, regardless of what their agenda is, what we think their agenda is, how motivated they are, who knows? When you look practically at what does it look like to transition from one government to another, the way it works in Israel, it takes a uh, some significant amount of time, right? All of these ministers that have newly been appointed are stepping into offices of professionals where They don't know each other. They don't know the professionals. The professionals don't know them, and that process of getting to know who's in your office and how do they work and where's my desk and what (laughs) when do we have staff meetings, right? Even those very practical things, it takes a certain amount of time. So they're really just getting their feet wet. They're figuring out where their offices are, um, between the. Uh, Knesset meetings and personal schedules and whatever responsibilities they had prior to getting elected, you know, you have to think how many days have they actually had to be in the office, so to speak, um, the new ministers, and it's not that many yet. So uh, there's a lot of news. There's a lot of discussion. There, you know, there are even protests going on here in Israel. But in terms of concrete action, it's still early for for much to have happened and so we're still waiting to see
0: so do you think that the oppositional response is a normal response or are there things extremes of this new government that are taking shape that are really challenging people to be more in the opposition and being voice uh, having their voice heard protesting etc uh towards what's going on or this is normal behavior
1: So I think it depends what you mean by opposition. Opposition meaning the actual, the members of Knesset that are not sitting in the government, what is typically called the opposition party. um, You know, things that are going on on that front, I would say are fairly normal, right? The opposition, by definition, are the people who were not asked to sit in the current government or didn't agree to sit in the current government. And so they're going to object most of the time to to the agenda of the sitting government. That's typical. What is a little bit outside of the norm and is already going on now in Israel is the extent to which the, the public is coming out in opposition of various uh, policies and, and laws uh, that the new government is trying to put in place. And to see you know, that extent of public sentiment this early in a uh, government's tenure is somewhat unusual. Um, and it'll take a little time to see whether that is a growing trend, whether the public will really make its voice heard, will continue to protest, will force this government to think twice, um, or whether things will, you know, quiet down and the government will be able to or carry on its work with its agenda sort of in a regular, um, you know, day-to-day kind of way.
0: So I read that there was a protest in Tel Aviv uh, on Saturday with about 80,000 people. So you're saying that that's not typical uh, a month after a new government has established itself uh, or is
1: Yeah, it's a little early. It's a little big. We also had in Jerusalem, I think, several thousand people on Saturday night. I am. So I wouldn't say it's, you know, it's not like totally normal. It is a heightened sense of sort of segments of the public wanting to make their voice heard, which makes sense when the subject that they're protesting Right is something as grave as what is the power of the judiciary? Right, judicial reform is um, is a very serious topic, and so, you know, it makes sense that when the government is looking to change something as far-reaching as that, you're going to see strong feelings from people. <laughs>
0: Um, that I would agree with that. I think one of the things that I've experienced in the past, you know, when you're in Israel, people are very verbal about their opinions. They share their opinions quite easily. And then you have coffee together and you move on. Are you still seeing that collegial conversation taking place where you can agree and disagree on certain things and still have a normal relationship?
1: So, uh... It's, you know, what that looks like in Israel is a little different than what it looks like, I think, in the States. Obviously, I'm making sweeping generalizations here, but I would say, you know, when you have a controversial or polarizing uh, situation in the government, for example, in the U.S., people who want to be able to get along and continue to work together and, and be polite, know that there are certain topics that are off the table. And, and you don't talk about those things in with people that you don't know well, or, you know, in a work setting, in a professional setting, you don't bring that into the conversation because it will then make it difficult to continue to work together in this collegial way, as you described. The Israeli version of this is a little bit different you know, Israelis never hold back what they're thinking. They will definitely tell you what they think about this government and why. But then they will also continue to work together in a semi-professional and collegial way. Uh, so it's a different approach to how do we disagree and still live together and still work together. Um Israelis are not so good with the keeping their opinion to themselves part.
0: Well, I, I think that's that's true, and I think that's what has made uh, Israel a, a very conversational country.
1: Yes. <laughs> from, definitely from, conversational. From the,
0: from the minute you get into a taxi to the minute you walk into a falafel shop, somebody's always going to give you their opinion of something. And I think that now, you know, it's a the previous government, you know, was on one side of the street, and the new government's on the other side of the street. And are people crossing the streets to talk to each other? Um, I'm not sure if uh, if we're seeing that.
1: Yeah, I was also thinking the other day about when do the political campaign signs come down? You know, uh, because. I think how long people feel the need to keep them up after the election tells you something about how people are feeling and the, right. And you sort of see those signs differently when you walk down the street or pass them on a bus knowing, okay, you know, that was what the person wanted hanging out of their window. And and this is what happened. Um, so i think about that you know we'll see i feel very much like they're still up i will keep you posted as to when they come down uh
0: you don't have yard signs in israel do you
1: uh, we don't have yard signs because we don't have yards uh, we have a uh, balcony signs or you know a uh, yeah billboards and stuff like that but we don't really have yards
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's i, I asked that question because i know that in in some communities that if you drive around neighborhoods, you can get a sense of who's going to win an election based on how many yard signs you see in a neighborhood. Um, So
1: we have that, but it's like balcony signs, right? It's hanging off of the side of people's apartment buildings, not on a lawn, but it's basically the same thing. Yes, you can go through neighborhoods. You can see, I don't know how much of a sense you can get of who's going to win, but you can get a sense of what is the general political sentiment of that neighborhood? And Israel um, is quite segregated. I mean, uh, is Israel also builds and, and continues to build, which I think in a lot of ways is a problem, in a, a um, socioeconomically segregated way. And Israel continues to build communities that are for very specific pockets of the population. And that's where they then put the schools that they know those people are going to want to go to. And that's where they put the, you know, religious institutions and then et cetera, et cetera. Um, But the, and some of that goes along with political sentiment. So you do find these neighborhoods where you'll see a concentration of one particular type of uh, of political signs.
0: Well, again, that's a way to gauge whether or not somebody has support or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you talk about signs that are still up. So who are you still seeing signs for that are still up in Jerusalem?
1: I am. Um, so, you know, it depends where in the city you are, but, I, but I'm definitely seeing a lot of Likud signs still up. And maybe it's just people that are, you know, happy that, Netanyahu did do as well as he did in the election and has now formed a government. And so that's why they're keeping them up as a celebration. But uh, uh, but really, I mean, you can still find, you know, various parties all throughout the city, I think.
0: Is it a habit to keep them up because elections happen so frequently in Israel?
1: <laughs> I don't think people keep them up that long. I don't think they keep them up all the way until the next election. Um, no, it's they do come down in between, yes
0: i I asked I made make that comment because you know the previous government only lasted about eighteen months. Uh, not quite sure how long this current one will last, but you know, anticipating you know future elections, you know, yeah,
1: statistically, you know, no reason to think that they will last longer than that,
0: so w- we'll stay tuned to that. I I, um, I don't mind it. If, I don't mind if we switch topics. Do you mind if we switch topics?
1: I do not mind.
0: <laughs> so usually we have something light after we have one of these heavy conversations, although this wasn't such a heavy conversation about the coalition, uh, about the current government. I think that'll come in, in future weeks. But I understand that uh, Israel has chosen their contestant for the Eurovision. Have you been following that at all?
1: I am. I uh, just that yes, this uh, young singer, Noah Kirill, has been chosen. She's a pop singer. She uh, she she's quite young. She finished her army service not too long ago. And the the way she was chosen was a little bit different in the past. I think there have been various stages of voting. This time she was really just appointed by um, one of the media. Mm, companies here in israel and a, a special song has been written that she will be performing although it has not been released to the public all we know about this song is that it's called unicorn and it's about female empowerment that's all we know um unicorn, i think it's not supposed no. to unicorn is the name of the song yes Um, i think it is not meant to be released until sometime in march and. The, um, you know, the way the Eurovision works is that the winner of each year is the place that hosts the Eurovision in the next year. Well, last year's winner in May of 2022 was Ukraine, um, at which point, right, in May of last year, the conflict was already raging in Ukraine. am. Um, And unfortunately, since that is still going on, Ukraine will not be obviously able to host this year's Eurovision. So it will be taking place in England, in London, I believe. Um, So we'll see how Israel does.
0: How did England get chosen for this honor?
1: I don't know. I don't know how they decided it was. I don't know when the last time they won, maybe they felt that they hadn't had a chance in the normal uh configuration and so they decided to do it this way. I don't know how it was decided that it would be London
0: well we'll have to stay tuned as they say to see how Noah Noah does um, mm-hmm. in in the when was the last time Israel won uh, Eurovision do you know I don't mean to put you on the spot
1: I I don't know I don't know when the last time Israel won.
0: Or if Israel so has
1: of, we've had some, you know, real success over the years. Um, as in many topics, Israel has performed beyond what you would expect for our size. Um, but I don't know off the top of my head the last time we won.
0: I'm going to see if I can Google that. Uh, not that, not that it's an important story for us, but I'm just curious to know if Israel has ever won the. Um, uh eurovision before i thought i thought that they had
1: i'm sure israel has won.
0: and and hosted it too
1: hosted yes israel has definitely hosted it israel has produced four eurovision winners in okay. 78 79 98 and 2018 so 2018 was the last time we won and that was neta if you remember Netta,
0: you are you are a much faster Googler than I am.
1: <laughs> These nimble fingers.
0: <laughs> um, okay. well, that's something for us to pay attention to. A- anything else going on in Israel that you want to share? No, nope,
1: nothing else going on in Israel. No, I'm sure there are other things going on in Israel, but uh, think for our
0: how's the weather? Our
1: discussion today. I am. You know, wintery by Israel standards, but not too bad.
0: Any holidays around the corner we should talk about?
1: Um, I guess the next holiday will be Chubishvat in a couple of weeks. So we will start to see all of these stalls of many, many forms of dried fruit opening up. Um, where right, you can buy different kinds of dried fruit all year long, of course, but pre tubishvat man, the different types are multiplied fruits that I didn't even know they existed as fresh fruits suddenly are exist also as dried fruits. I think they make up new fruits some years. I don't know where they all come from
0: well that that can be another. <laughs> Opportunity for you to do a review of new dried fruits.
1: I will share some of the exotic dried fruits that uh, that I come across happily.
0: I like to talk about Tubishvat as the New Year's of the trees for trees.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's one of the unique parts of of biblical Jewish heritage that there are that there's an anniversary or a New year's of trees in Israel. In, in the desert, there aren't that many trees. So every mm. time a new one, it should be a new year, right?
1: Yeah. It's also crazy that, like, that's already the holiday that sort of is the harbinger of spring. I am. Um, so I guess in retrospect, maybe we've had a very mild winter because I feel like it hasn't really started yet. And if in a few weeks we'll already be doing our, you know, almost spring holiday, maybe we won't have had too much of a winter. We'll see.
0: So is Tu also considered, like, Israel's Earth Day? Is it an environmental uh, awareness day at all?
1: I am, um, yeah, definitely. I think a little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely a nature day. I mean, Israel's fairly attuned to the Earth. I wouldn't say, cl- like, necessarily environmental or the best of behaved when it comes to protecting the environment, but attuned to the earth, right? People are very into nature and walking on the land and getting outside. And that's definitely part of the culture here. So we like to remember our trees.
0: So on a, on a side note, since we talked about the environment, I was reading the LA times today and uh, the rabbi was being quoted on um, praying for rain, that Maybe the rabbis have been praying for too much rain in California because we've had nothing but rain for the past, you know, two weeks. And it's Mm. quite a bit of a stir. So we do have a tradition of praying for rain.
1: Well, that's what you get when your clergy are just overachievers. They're just doing too well.
0: (laughs) That's a a good way for us to end today, that our clergy are overachievers. Um, Any other things you want to talk about before we close out for the day?
1: Just hoping everybody stays dry despite your rain.
0: (laughs) Thank you. You've been listening to Israel Rebound, a podcast bringing listeners from around the world to current events in Israel. Thank you all for listening.
1: Thanks, everyone.